I'd like to welcome everyone to today's episode of Talking Softball with Coach B. And we've spent a lot of time on different segments talking about what it takes to be the best, the recruiting process, skill development, coach development, player development. Today, I just want to share a story. And I want to share a story about probably one of the greatest moments I've ever had in coaching and and looking back at it, one of the best seasons that I was ever able to be a part of. And there was so many great people that engaged in this and were a part of it that I just want to share it. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. And I think there's some ways that we can relate this to player development, commitment, and actually striving to be the best. So I want to share today the story of the national championship that I was fortunate to be a part of in 2014 as the head coach at West Texas A&M. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, I was the head coach there for 14 years, and, and we built that program up from non-existence to one of the top programs in Division II softball. And, you know, the legacy that, that we built through my time there has carried on. And, and again, I want to take this opportunity to publicly congratulate Coach Mook and, and the Lady Buffs for winning a second national championship this past spring and wishing them the best of luck as they defend that championship here in spring 22. So uh, I just want to share a little bit about that championship. And I know a lot of people have heard the story and I, I don't want to be redundant, but I, I do want to continue to share this and because it was a very special moment, a very special moment in my life. Professionally, obviously one of the top moments that I was fortunate to be a part of, but the 2014 group was special. We had a great group. We had some really talented seniors that were committed to the program and had been in the program and had success, but had not reached that national championship level. And, uh, you know, when you talk about championship seasons, everybody wants to talk about, you know, all the success and everything that happens to make it happen. But the story really kind of started out with some failure. And, you know, that fall in fall 13, we brought the group together and and we had a lot of new players and, and had some really talented returners. But, you know, we weren't quite sure you know, the coaching staff and I had talked about it, and we thought we had the talent to have a successful season in the spring. You know, we had a lot of work to do in the fall, and there were some there were some hurdles we had to overcome and some battles that we had to get through and try to get to where we needed to be. And in fact, it got to a point where our seniors held a meeting, had a team meeting in our volleyball gym, and, and were talking about the upcoming season, and they pointed up to the wall and showed the national championship banners from the volleyball program. And they said, we want to hang a banner like that. We want to be recognized as a national champion. And and we have the talent in this room to do it, but we have to find a way to bring this together. And uh, we had a great off season after the fall and, and, and the players worked really hard and had some really good team meetings and talked a lot about mindset going into the spring. And uh, 
We started the spring off and played well, won some early tournaments, and you know got on a pretty serious roll going into conference play, and we're fortunate enough to win our, our regular season conference championship, got into the postseason. We were the number one ranked team in the country all year, which was something that hadn't happened in Division II softball before, and you know, we really kind of had things going in, in our favor and in the direction we wanted it to go. Well, we got to the conference tournament, and we actually lost the conference championship game on our home field. And Angelo State beat us that year for the, the conference tournament championship, but we were still fortunate to go into regional play as the number one seed. So we got to host the regional and we lost a game in regionals, and we had to come back and double dip an opponent to, to win the regional championship. And that was a challenge. And people don't understand that the Lone Star Conference is a great conference. And just getting out of the NCAA regional was a challenge because we had two other Lone Star Conference teams in that regional. So then we made it to Super Regionals, and we're playing St. Mary's at home for a trip to the World Series. And we come out on Friday night, and we were flat and didn't play well, and we got beat. And so we had to come out on Saturday, and we had to double dip St. Mary's to win the Super Regional. And one of our seniors, our senior shortstop, said, I am not going to finish my career today. We are not going to lose. And... <sighs> That day, we got two of the best pitching performances I was ever able to be a part of. Both pitchers went out. One pitcher threw a one-hitter. One pitcher threw a two-hitter. We threw back-to-back -back shutouts and, and won the Super Regional and, and earned our first trip to the World Series. And watching our team celebrate that and parents on the field celebrating it, and it was just there was so much energy in the ballpark that day that it just – it was awesome. So we started getting ready and making plans to go to Salem, Virginia for the Division II National Championship. And first time our program never had a chance to be there. It was our 10th year of existence. So, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of energy going into the trip. We arrive in Salem and all the teams are staying at the same hotel. And it's just a neat experience to be a part of that championship environment. And we went out to our practice the first day and uh, had a pretty good workout, went to a social event, and our players, I could tell that day that we were there with, with the right purpose in mind. There was activities going on and karaoke going on and this and that, and our team just went and ate, sat there, talked amongst themselves, and then... My third baseman came to me and said, Coach, we're ready to go back to the hotel if you are. I said, okay. You know, I could tell that it was a business-like atmosphere. We weren't there for the social event. We were there to win a championship. And, uh, you know, what was really cool is we had a following of fans that was unbelievable. Our parents and supporters, boosters were unbelievable. But we had a student section. We had a bunch of guys that were just outstanding. They would dress up for games and they brought signs and, you know, they were really engaged and, and we created a great home atmosphere with this group because 
people didn't want to come and play because this group was so engaged in the game with us. Well, Salem, Virginia was a long ways from Canyon, Texas, so we didn't know if that group was going to make it or not. Well, we got back to our hotel from the first practice, and we were getting off the bus, and all these guys came running out from behind the bushes, and it was just there was so much excitement and energy when the girls saw them and they saw the girls, and it just, the, again, the synergy there was just so, so overwhelming, and it was awesome. So we start tournament play. First game, we play a team from the Northeast. We beat them 8-1, really jumped out on them, got some good energy going, had a great pitching performance. A young lady from New Zealand threw for us and, and just had a great game, and we scored a lot of runs. So we got the first win out of the way, came out the second day in the quarterfinals against a really good team and Armstrong Atlantic, and they, well, they were a challenge. And a good friend of mine was their head coach, and we locked horns, and they were ahead late in the game, and we were fortunate enough to score a couple of runs and win that game. We came from behind and won that game. So that set us up to play in the national semifinals against Dixie State. Again, their head coach is a great friend of mine, does a great job, and man, what a battle. Unbelievable ball game. They're up one to nothing in the sixth inning. And we're fortunate we get the bases loaded and we've got the middle of our lineup coming up. And all year long, we were the most offensive team in the country. You know, we scored more runs than anybody else, hit more home runs. We were considered an offensive juggernaut. Well, their pitching was shutting us down. And my three-hole hitter, the national player of the year, gets hit by a pitch to tie the game. And then my four-hole hitter comes up and has about an eight or nine pitch at bat and draws a walk. So we take a 2-1 lead into the last inning, and second baseman makes a great diving play to save a run, and we end up winning that game 2-1 to to advance to the championship. And in the championship, we're going to face Valdosta State had won two of the three previous championships, obviously one of the best D2 programs in, in history of the game. So it was the big matchup, number one team in the country, West Texas, playing against the perennial power Valdosta State. You know, the next day we come out prepared for that and a whole lot of energy, and I'm not going to share all the backside to that today. Some other time we'll talk about that. But I could just tell our players were focused, and we were very fortunate. One of the members of that student cheering group we had came in and did a team meeting with us and just gave an unbelievably inspirational speech. And I mean, that young man is so special and he gave a great speech to us and we really got amped up and ready to go. And you get out to the ballpark and there's all the pomp and circumstance before the championship game. And you realize you're playing the last game of the season, right? The stadium was packed. It wasn't big. It was at a complex but there wasn't a seat, and it was West Texas on one side, Valdosta on one side, and both sides were loud. The atmosphere was great, and that game goes into the sixth inning. We go through six innings with no score, and again, 
I've got my little gal from New Zealand that's 5'4", throwing 58, 59 miles an hour and spinning it and just dominating hitters. I mean, she averaged 10 strikeouts a game at the World Series. Well, she's dominating Valdosta's lineup, and the young lady throwing for Valdosta was a Division I transfer, and she was dominating our lineup. I mean, there was hardly any offense through six innings. And I would be remiss to not give my assistant coach, Christina May, did a great job of scouting Valdosta throughout the event. And we had a great scouting report, and we pitched to that scouting report. And, I mean, it was outstanding. And I actually walked around home plate, and I walked by the Valdosta coach, and I said, Thomas, isn't this a great atmosphere? He goes, yeah, this is unreal. He said, I love the atmosphere, I hate your fans, and I wish we were up five to nothing. And I said, me too. And it was just really electric. So top of the seventh inning, my senior third baseman's leading off for us. And she's near and dear to me. She's like a family member to me, and I'm really proud of who she is today. And even prouder of who she was that day for us. She steps up, and she leads off the seventh inning with a double off the wall. So she gets to second base and turns around, and she's jacked and pumped, yelling at the dugout. The dugout's pumped up. We got something going. And and this is a young lady that had hit in the four hole for us most of the year, and she came to me after the conference tournament and said, Coach, you need to move me out of the four spot because I'm not getting the job done. And it takes a lot for a player to say that, right, especially their senior year. But she knew she wasn't producing, and she said, Coach, you need to move Keisha to the four spot because she's hitting better than me right now. And what a selfless act that is, right, to be able to identify you're not getting it done but your teammate is, and you want her to, to take that spot. So we moved Jess down to the sixth spot, and glad we did because she let off that inning with a double. Well, Valdosta pitcher bears down, gets the next two, or no, actually she was in the five spot because she gets the next two hitters out, six and seven, she gets out. And our eight hole comes to the plate, and our eight hole, I mean, what a special kid. She went through a lot of health issues as a freshman, sophomore year. She's back with this team, and she is uh, DPing for us and at the plate in one of the biggest situations of the year. And uh, she goes into an 11-pitch at bat and draws a walk. I mean, just locked up with this kid, fouled a bunch of pitches off, and ends up drawing a walk. So now we've got runners on first and second. We're bringing our nine hole to the plate. And this young lady hadn't had a hit the whole World Series. And if you listen to the announcers that were calling the game, they were saying that it would be a great time for me to go to my bench for a pinch hitter. Well, I'm not going to go to the bench in that situation with everything on the line and put somebody out there cold when I know the kid that we're putting up at the plate is a fighter and a competitor and, you know, she steps in the box and she gets to a 2-1 count and next pitch she hits a three-run home run 
over the left field wall. And just unbelievable, the energy in the stadium. I mean, I was crying like a baby when she was coming around the bases. She was crying. It was just an electric moment. You look up and the whole team is at home plate, jumping up and down and screaming. The NCAA used the picture of her going to home plate with everybody there celebrating for a year after that. It was awesome. Just an unbelievable feeling, right? And uh, it was funny because the umpire came to me and said, Coach, I need to give you a warning because you had a player on the field inside the white lines during that celebration, which is an NCAA rule. And I was like, Blue, that's great. Write it down. I accept it. It's, it's the seventh inning of the World Series. I'm not really worried about that. But unbelievable energy. So then, you know, we got to go out and get three outs. You know, we get out of that inning, we're up 3 nothing. We've got to go out and get three outs, and we're going to win a national championship. I mean, just unbelievable. But I, I look out on the field, and I look at every player on the field, and I can just tell a special story about each one of them. And here I got this little gal in the circle that has thrown every pitch except for an inning and a third at the World Series. And she's out there fighting and competing, and she's from halfway around the world. She's from Hawks Bay, New Zealand, and she's competing for a national championship. And we go out and we get the first two kids out. Two ground ball outs. We got two outs. We're one out away from a national championship. And next two kids in Valdosta's lineup are freshmen, and they both hit solo home runs. 3-2. So we go out. I got to go out and give that win one for the Gipper speech. And we're talking about everything we need to do, just trying to get settled down, get relaxed. And my pitcher looks up at me, and if, if you spend any time with people from island background, they, they, they're all pretty happy-go-lucky, right? Why wouldn't you be? And she looks at me, and she says, Coach, so what you're saying is if I get this kid out, we win the national championship. I said, yes, ma'am, that's where we are cool. I'm like, okay, we're all right. She thinks it's cool. So I turn around, go back to the dugout. My assistant asked me how the meeting went. I said, Hey, everything's fine. Rita thinks it's cool. So the next kid at the plate is their nine hole hitter. And I look over on deck and the kid on deck is the leading home run hitter that season in division two softball. So I'm thinking, boy, we got to get this kid out. So we lock into a battle with her. Count goes to two and two. Throw a curveball that breaks over the plate. My catcher jumps in the air. My defense jumps in the air. Everybody thinks it's strike three. And all you hear is ball. Oh, my God. How can you do that to us, Blue? How can that happen right here, right? You can just hear everything, all the, oh, my God, right? And, and how many times do we hear that at the ballpark, right? We hear that all the time, right? How did you miss that call? Well, he missed it. My assistant coach slaps me on the shoulder. She said, call the same pitch. He won't miss it twice. Like, okay. Rita reaches back and throws another curveball. The kid runs through because she was a slapper. 
She thinks it's ball four. She starts to toss her bat to the dugout, and all you see is the umpire's right hand go in the air. We just struck the kid out looking to win the national championship. And being able to stand on the top step of the dugout and watch my team celebrate was the best experience of my coaching career. Because all the energy and passion and everything they had put into since we got together in August and the failure we faced in the fall and and, and the success we had in the spring and adversity that we had. Our senior catcher had a terrible car accident. We didn't know if she was going to be able to play the rest of the year. All of that adversity and all of those challenges, losing the conference championship game, having to double dip in the region, having to double dip in the super regional, all of that went away. Because we got to stand there and we got to watch that group celebrate and let all of that energy out. And then they let the fans out on the field. And it was just, we were on the field for an hour after the game celebrating that championship. And it was just so unbelievable. I'd tell you what I said to my assistant, but I can't do that. So, but it was just amazing to culminate that season on that field that day with a national championship. And what was absolutely amazing is every game after the first one, the quarterfinal game, the semifinal game, and the championship game, we got out hit by our opponents. We were the offensive juggernaut going into that World Series, and we were out hit by our opponents each of those three games, and we still found a way to win. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if you put somebody in the nine spot in a lineup, they get offended. They get mad because they're hitting ninth. The young lady we had hitting in the nine spot, and I told people she was the best nine-hole hitter in the country because she did a great job of turning the lineup over and getting us back to the top. She did a great job of executing her role to get back to the top of our lineup with runners on base and make things happen. It wasn't the two-time National Player of the Year that won the national championship. It it wasn't the All-American that we had multiples of on that team. It was our nine-hole hitting second baseman who worked her tail off every day at practice, who in the fall was told that she had a torn labrum and needed surgery, and she opted to have surgery after the season because she wanted to be a part of something special. And it wasn't, you know, a big drive off the wall that extended the inning in the seventh after the two outs. It was an 11-pitch walk by a sophomore who a year earlier wasn't sure she was even going to be able to continue playing softball. I mean, it was just a culmination of a lot of special opportunities and special people taking advantage of those opportunities in those moments. You know, I talked about 
the 11 traits that the best do better than the rest. And each of those traits we could talk about with that team in 2014. And then we came home and had a big celebration with our fans the next night at home. And I mean, just a great experience. I got a chance to share the experience with my wife and daughters. They flew out for the series and they got to come down on the field afterwards. And it just, you know, it's one of those things that, that yeah, it's a, it's a great memory and I can talk about it as a championship, but I can also use it as a teaching tool, talking through what it takes to get there. You know, it, it starts with a group of players having a meeting in the gym, looking at volleyball banners, and it ends up with that same group all celebrating at home plate and holding a national championship trophy over their head. It was just a special time with a special group. I was fortunate to be a part of it. I've thanked them many times, and I thank them again for it. But I just wanted to share that story because I, I think that people don't really look at it in depth. They just look at it and say, oh, that must have been a really good team. They won a championship. It was a really good team that won 60 games and lost seven, but lost some key games in the postseason that they had to rebound from and play with their back on the line to even get to that opportunity to go to Virginia and win that national championship. So I wanted to just share that with you. Again, we're in the offseason, and I want our players, and I want to challenge all players and coaches to really be working toward being the best they can be. And, you know, hopefully there will be a group in 2022 at each level of NCAA, NAIA, junior college, high school. They'll get to celebrate those national championships and those state championships, and they'll be able to have a story like that of their own. So I thank you for listening today, and, and I want to wish everyone the best of luck here in the offseason. And I look forward to seeing everybody back out on the field when we get a chance to be there. And I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I hope you're enjoying Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash talking softball. gives you an opportunity to provide feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode. This has been Talking Softball with Coach B and I want to thank you for listening and I hope everybody has a great day.